You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Thanks for joining us on the program this Saturday morning. We are excited to talk to you on Saturday, March 5th. Well, we're excited to be here. We're thankful we're still here. Hopefully we make it another 10 years. That's right, the 10th anniversary of We Are Libertarians is March 8th, and we're celebrating it with World War III. Maybe. So we're going to discuss whether or not World War III is on its way. And uh, I don't know if it's a debate. It's more of a discussion. We had one yesterday and thought it would be great for you here on the show. So stay tuned right after these messages. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Warning, this show is for adults by semi-adults, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent libertarian point of view. With all of the irreverence it deserves, we toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, Chris Spangle, a 15-year veteran of politics and media. Thank you for joining us here on the program today. My name is Chris Spangle here on the Chris Spangle Show on the We Are Libertarians podcast network, the longest-running libertarian podcast network. There are shows that have run a little longer, like Free Talk Live, but not many of them. We started way back when nobody knew what a libertarian was or what a podcast was. So we'll talk a little bit more about the 10th anniversary later, but that is March 8th. So thank you to everybody that has listened to the program, that has uh, shared it over the years, that has donated, the patrons that have made this possible. Uh, I'm going to mute you clinking teacup Vaughn over there. Uh, the the uh, fellas and lady are in the background. I want to thank everybody for, uh, I mean, We Are Libertarians is coming up on its 10th anniversary, like I said, and that that is, you know, 100 to 150 co-hosts have come through this, writers, researchers, several marriages have come out of it, including mine, uh, several divorces have come out of it, including mine. Uh, and it is the core of our social circle, and uh, we are so glad that you have come and joined us once a week, at least, for the last 10 years and, and over the evolution. I talked to Joshua Sexton, one of our patrons, who has listened to every single episode of We Are Libertarians on the Chris Spangle Show. That is over 1,500 episodes, uh, and he's said it's it's better than ever, so... It's, it's it's great to hear from him, and I just want to thank everybody that's been involved and everybody that has donated to our success through Patreon and, and donating equipment in the early years uh, to have a network of 13, 14 shows and 
20, 25 people currently working on it now is truly exciting, and we are not stopping. We will be here 10 years from now as long as we don't blow up the world. Uh, I have had the privilege of talking to several of our patrons over the last few weeks, and I've really, really enjoyed it and gotten so much value from talking to them. I, I was uh, spent really a year in a crisis of what am I doing with this show? What are we doing here? And the the message that I heard loud and clear from the people that give us value is that the value that they get out of us is that we help them understand what's going on in the world in a fun way, like you're talking with your friends. That has been the value proposition of the show forever. It will continue to be that way. And uh, I want to ask you for our 10th anniversary to join our Patreon at the $10 level, the 10 for 10 uh, I am not going to be shy about telling you that I want to be doing this full-time very soon, and I cannot do that without your support. That means more shows, more videos, more resources for you to share with your friends. I've got a list of about 20 things that I want to do, but I just haven't had time to get to it, do the research, and present it in a way that will be effective in helping you and your friends understand the world. And in and the, the end goal is not to... Um, Okay, the the end goal really is to to make them like libertarianism, right? But we uh we we don't shill for it, sh- shill for it directly. We just try to insert those nuggets along the way and uh, help your friends and family see that a freer world is a better world with better outcomes. So thank you so much for supporting us. Please go to joinwallplus.com. That's we are libertarians. W A L. Joinwallplus.com. Sign up. $10 for 10 years. Say thank you. If you've ever gotten value out of the show, sign up now and continue to help us grow. Our, uh, you know, it's, it's really important. And the world needs our show more than ever before. I got a great comment from one of them. He was a, a more li- liberal leaning. You know, some, some patrons say, one said, you know, I, I'm more of a Hoppa fan and I listen to you guys for the leftist perspective. And then literally the next patron said, you know, I really like this, but you need more liberals on. You're a little too far right. And uh, the third one said that this is the most balanced news program that they've ever listened to. And I really want to dig into that and keep that going. So I can't do it and I can't do more unless you support the show. So thank you to our patrons. We are we are adding a new show Wednesday nights at 7 p.m., we will now be doing a show specifically for patrons for $5 and up. So you got to go and sign up at the $5 level to participate and listen to that show. Uh, And so you'll get a second show starting this week of the Chris Spangle show talking about the news. And uh, it is just for patrons. Uh, One told me, you know, I'm in the Patreon, but I need more. And I'm like, fair enough. We used to do more. We're going to start doing more. You get ad-free shows. You get the entire back catalog. You can go to 2014 and listen to me say that Vladimir Putin would be the next great dictator. Uh, So you heard about ISIS first on this show. I mean, what's not to support? Uh, Thank you to our $100 a month members, John Pusillo, Lars Nordskog, Jakey Dell, Matthew Durbin, Reinhold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. Thank you for indulging me in this little bit of a commercial uh, for our network, for my work, for Patreon. Uh, It it is uh, important, even if it took us a little long to get into the content here. Uh, So we are going to talk today about World War III. And joining me is, idiot, joining me is, (laughs) I accidentally removed myself from the video, Uh, Harry Price, 
the you have to be the longest running co-host at this point. Uh, Greg did 250 shows. I don't know how many you've done, but it's got to be close at this point. And you're the host of Low Key Wall on yep. the We Are Libertarians podcast network, which is going strong. Tell us what you're doing over on Low Key Wall. Hi, everyone. Um, let's see. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm going to probably if, if I didn't surpass Greg last year, it'll probably end up being this year because I know I did more shows than you last year. But anyways, the Loki wall, we're right now we're working on the media that helped shape us. Loki wall, we're trying just more of like a more like culture based, more having more fun, just so you can understand some of the backgrounds or some of the like cultural stuff of the, like, you know, your favorite, like, like, co-host here on the uh, Weird Libertarians Network. It's just, you know, having a little more fun. So right now we're describing a lot of the, like, uh, I'm doing a lot of the anime that helped shape a lot of my opinion. We also got Vincent on there doing some um, anime and manga. And then Reinhold. No, no, no. I said promote the show. I said make people want to listen. They do want to listen. And then Reinhold comes out out of the uh, clutch with with some great content. He actually had me listen to uh, Henry Chapin for the last three days of uh, just story music, just turning it on as I sit there and just basically sit underneath the Kotatsu and like, wow, this is good. I can't live if living is without you is one of the greatest songs. Is that Harry Chapin? No. All right. Reinhold, who is that? It's another one of those '70s guys that died. I don't. I can't remember who that was. Oh, I gotta look. Eric Carmen. Yeah, Eric Carmen. <laughs> that sounds right. Yep. I can't live. Uh, no, uh, Harry Chapin was more of the Cats in the Cradle, Taxi. Harry Nilsson. <laughs> so, Reinhold, thank you for Harry all of your support over the years. Thank you for uh, being a perma co-host here on the show. Also joining us is our regular recurring co-host. I heard. Great things about Reinhold. Almost every patron said, I love Harry. And Trisha got a lot of high marks. Hey, more Trisha. One one said, Yay. we need more women around. I like Trisha because Trisha is not as scared of the boys. And she and I said, well, Trisha has more tea than all of us combined, probably. Yeah, that's right. I mean, you've, <laughs> you've been on fire this week. Every day in chat, you are like edgy. Yes. I, I don't know. Something about war brings that out of me. I don't know. That's probably not a good thing, <laughs> but maybe it is. Yeah. And joining us today is our in our group chat. We have the pastor of disaster, Vaughn Sparger. Sparger. How do you say your name? You got to turn yourself on. He, but Vaughn yep, had some good focus. points and always has some good points. And uh, he is joining us here today uh, to Sparger. share something. Sparger. Thank you. Uh, so let's get into it. The latest in Ukraine uh, is very quiet. So we talked last week about how there was the invasion and how, uh, you know, kind of things that led up to it. I've done a lot more research. We're going to do I'm going to hopefully get some time to do some extra shows this week to get you fully up to speed. I'll put a couple videos in the show notes that that were particularly interesting uh, one, one person on one of these, you know, watching CNN, Fox news and American cable is a waste of time on this kind of stuff. They're, they're trying to pull you into team red and team blue. I've, I've enjoyed watching like sky news, Deutsche Welle, France's, you know, France 24 seven or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, even like some Indian cable stuff. Uh, and what you get on some of these things that you can find on Pluto or YouTube is more facts than emotions. Uh, and CNN, for instance, these people, they spend a lot of money on hiring experts. And so they, they 
the, these experts are there for their names, not there for their knowledge a lot of times and uh, have a very partisan point of view to trying to drive you to things. But then like Sky News and some of these other outlets, it's public broadcasting. So they're like, here's a professor from a little known college in Canada to give you some facts. So some of that's interesting. And one of them was saying that this conflict is kind of like a, a husband and wife and a mistress. And she said, the per- first person to blink in that situation is going to be the wrong one. And that's Putin in this case. I don't know that I agree with that. I, I will say that uh, the more I learn about Vladimir Putin, the less I think he's a nice person. I'm just going to be honest. I think he might be evil. And he might be a bad guy. Uh, and that's not to say that the Ukrainians and NATO have always acted well. But um, I, I think we have to be really clear-eyed about this. We're, we're entering a phase where the news is going to try to recruit you to their side. When you watch Jim Acosta on CNN, he is a homer. He sounds like a broadcaster for a local football team. You know, uh, uh, who is the Colts broadcaster? Bob Lamey always got, uh, uh, you know, crap for being a homer. He's supposed to be a sports journalist and not root for his team. Uh, well, that's Jim Acosta. He's the Bob Lamey of political broadcasters talking about the bravery of the Ukrainians. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. All right, so to jump back into it, sorry, my mic disappeared there for a moment, uh, so I don't know exactly what I was saying, but... The the Ukrainians, Zelensky, they have a definite point of view and they want to draw the West in for their own survival. I can't really fault them for that, but it does mean that we need to be prepared for our team to take a side. Zelensky is speaking to Congress this week. Somebody within the United States Congress who wants us to go to war with Russia, essentially, on behalf of the Ukrainians, set that up. And they're trying to get Zelensky, who is a master of propaganda, and I use that term neutrally, uh, understands what he needs to do to draw the West in to support his efforts for their own survival. Uh, because Vladimir Putin is not going to stop. Vladimir Putin has no intention of withdrawing. Vladimir Putin is about to unleash hell on Ukraine, and we're about to see a lot of really horrible, gory images like we would have seen in Berlin and London in 1941. Uh, David Petraeus was on CNN this week talking about, you know, he's the guy who was head of insurgency for uh, Afghanistan and Iraq and built the surge that turned the war around in, in Iraq. And he was saying that you have five attackers for every one defender and you've got two and a half million people in uh, Kiev, Kiev or whatever we're calling it now. And essentially, they don't have the numbers. They don't have the ground troops to take the capital. And so therefore, they need to drop a lot of bombs and ballistic missiles. Now, uh, I did see on Bellingcat, though, that Russia has enough ammunition basically to last till Sunday, tomorrow. Uh, So who knows where this goes? But I want to start out by talking about the propaganda, because you 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 have to understand that even if there is a correct moral side here and that side is Ukraine 
and Putin is an evil man who is hellbent on taking over not just Ukraine, but Moldova, the Balkans, the Baltic, uh, like he has Belarus, he wants to take over Georgia, he wants to expand his territory out to the Russian imperial map. Um, that, that, that may be his intention, right? Uh, that he, he can think that all he wants, right? But if you're running out of ballistic missiles and can't hold Ukraine, you're never going to get to the Baltic and Balkan states. Uh, you're never going to take those over. He, he can wish and dream all he wants, but he's got to actually have the goods to, to deliver on that. Um, so you're going to hear a lot of that kind of talk and a lot of, uh, and listen, he's not helping his case. He's shutting down Western media. He's shutting down Facebook. He's closing off of his society completely. And uh, there's a lot of reasons to watch information about how bad Putin is. But you're going to see on your local media the following. Russia is very bad. They're threatening nuclear war. We need to stop in Ukraine this advancement. And if we don't, he's going to take over all of Europe. And we have to help Zelensky in every way we can to fight in Ukraine. That may be the exact correct analysis, right? Or it could be wildly overblown. It could be wildly... I mean, there's there's no way to tell the future. Uh, but watch now for... I, I just grabbed a screenshot today of, uh, you know, a... a uh, let me see if I can find it here. You know, the Washington Post po posted a picture on their Instagram. A nation divided. The U.S. is together on Ukraine. You know, it's like storylines like that, where America's now united. We're all for Ukraine. We're lighting up buildings for Ukraine. Look how brave the Ukrainian people are. Uh, these are these are very brave people. These are very uh, true statements. But when they get repeated over and over and over, you have to remember that that is trying to get you to do something. Every piece of information is trying to get you to act or to support something. And the phrase... We just need to do more is the most destructive phrase in American government, in any government, really. So uh, you just have to keep your head on a swivel, guys. I mean, when, when you watch this, I am certainly biased towards the Ukrainians. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, I think Zelensky is incredibly intelligent and in seizing the moment of the first few days. The reason the difference between this and Syria is several factors but in terms of the american attention between something like yemen and syria other than the color of the people being bombed uh which i'll talk about in a future episode but um is that Zelensky knew guys that he had 24 hours to 48 hours to get out there and seize the world's attention and he he, he acted brilliantly in grabbing our attention and getting us on his side and it being a struggle between good and evil. And he's a very skilled propagandist. And I say propaganda in a neutral term, uh, propaganda Vaughn, why don't you define like propaganda and the history of that word and you know, why we should look at it a little neutrally as opposed to good and bad. Well, Way to put me on the spot here. I, I don't think your mic. I don't think your mic switched over to the mic you're using. So you really? might. You might... Trisha, why don't you? Why don't you start with that question? Hold 
You take. You can't take. Now her mic's off. What? Wow. You know, I try to be I, professional. You know I get a little background that has motion in the background. I update the colors so we look like a real news program. And then look. I know. You know what, though? If you watch uh, even a mainstream news network, this still happens to them. Yeah. Have you ever watched the EU? Well, Those people have, can't figure out Zoom. Yeah. Did you see the Daniel? <laughs> Ma- did you see Daniel Mc- properly? Did you see Daniel McAdams on some station, some Indian station, where I was like, Daniel McAdams got like fat and bloated, and he's the head of the Ron Paul Institute. And yeah. this guy's just screaming at Daniel McAdams and the other guy's screaming back at him. And he, and then at the, at the end of the two minute clip, he's like, I am not talking. You have the wrong person. <laughs> it's really yeah, funny. They had, the, Go they had the chirons messed up and it was the wrong person. Yep. Yeah. So Vaughn, talk right, about the I'm... word propaganda. Well, I mean, propaganda is just getting your message out. Ultimately it's doing, doing an effective job of getting your message out. Propaganda can be good if you have good intentions or if and it can be true but it can also be negative and false but something i often say when i'm preaching because is that the best lies are the ones that are mostly true so if you can take mostly facts that are true and provable and use that to spin a narrative that fits what you want even if that narrative itself overall is a lie, if you include as much truth as possible, it's going to do better. Yeah, like you take um, the protests in Russia. Th- yeah. That's a true fact. And those people are brave and those people are about to face terrible consequences for their bravery in Russia. But let's be clear and realistic about like the, the situation in Russia. That is not a majority of Russians. We we have experienced two years. Uh, 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 we've watched what Russian propaganda and disinformation in America has done to many parts of the right and some on the left. Like, do you really think that the rural areas of Russia, who only watch state TV, are 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 believing the same things that we believe about this war that we see our Russian friends like? Kind of, you know, I really like thought about this after talking about it last week and and researching and and to a person who's close to the situation, they said. You're a fool if you think that these protests are reality. Like, they are reality, but that is not the prevailing wisdom within the country. They support Putin. And once these sanctions went into effect and they can't use their bank accounts, they're really going to turn on state TV and start watching Russian propaganda, where they don't think this war is taking place. They, yeah. they are being told in Russia en masse that Ukraine is bombing itself. NATO is bombing Ukraine and they're lying to the American people because the, yeah, the hall soldiers don't even know the soldiers yeah. don't even know. And then they shut off yeah. Facebook and Twitter and Instagram this week to make sure that they only get the information the government wants them to see, you know? So, but like, here in the West, we're, we, we repeatedly see the protests. The protests are true. They're being shown over and over. And so we have hope that the Russian people are going to overthrow Putin. And that's just not the case, Vaughn. <laughs> you know, Mike Meharry actually had a really good uh, article he posted yesterday where he had a friend who was from Russia that wrote a little blurb. And she was saying the reason Putin set, talked about the Nazis is because that's pure propaganda that's going to get the Russian people on his side because they have a hatred of Nazis, even if they don't fully understand what Nazis are, that is like down in their bones from World War II. Yeah. So. <laughs> So that Nazi talk wasn't really propaganda for us as much as it was for his people. 
And a lot of the stuff he says is for his people, not for us. So when the Russian ambassador speaks in front of the UN and says incredibly wildly inaccurate things, that's not for any of us. We go, how is this guy going to say this when it's verifiably false what he's saying? It's because they're using the authority of the Russian ambassador to the UN speaking at the UN and Russian state television saying... See what our ambassador is saying? Wouldn't he know better than your Facebook friend who's telling you that the Ukrainians are all basically being... Like, the Russians are bombing orphanages and power nuclear power plants. And these are all lies. Because the hallmark of Russian propaganda is to just... It's it's very Goebbels-like. Say the opposite. Say it with confidence and loudly. And repeat it. And... uh, diminish the ability for people to find alternative like the reality real facts so you sow confusion you cause people to doubt themselves and everyone else and and boy doesn't that sound like the last two years on a variety of issues in america too russian propaganda is meant to make you doubt yourself and western propaganda is meant to inspire you to do the moral good and they've chosen what the moral good is here and so now we're entering a phase where Putin's not withdrawing and we're into the slog it out phase of the war and everybody needs to take a side. And if you don't, you're not a good person for not choosing the correct moral side, Trisha. Um, yeah, I know we were we've been propagandized here. And like you said, Russia's propagandizing its own people um, and Ukraine has every right to defend itself and Russia is the aggressor in this situation, but they're using propaganda too. Um, if you notice a lot of the clips that are played, um, like remember the tank running over the car or the ghost of Kiev, a lot of people <laughs> don't realize. Yeah. A lot of people don't realize uh, they've been in a civil war. Um, they've lost 14,000 soldiers and civilians in from Crimea on, yeah. Yeah. So, For the last I, eight I mean, years. they have a lot of footage. And you have to be careful because some of those clips that you're seeing, if you notice that they're very short, you know, 10, 15 seconds, it's probably mm-hmm. being reused from something else. Yeah. Some of them goes- are actual clips. So you have to be careful that, um, and sometimes it's our government or our, you know, news it's media lazy. that's doing it, not it's Ukraine. La- We've talked about it all the time here. You know, I was having a conversation with somebody two days ago, and they were like, why is this this way with the media? I'm like, you have to understand, when I started at an AM radio news talk station in 2004, there were 13 people working on that station. When I left four years later, there were two. It's now in a closet. The yeah. You know, these TV stations, you no longer have a shooter coming out and a producer coming out with the reporter to shoot television. You have a person with an iPad or their cell phone on a tripod, and they're doing it all themselves. At these big conglomerate news corporations, there's overworked, tired, lazy people who are just trying to get their task done, and one of their tasks is to update the video footage, and there's very little good footage, so they just go to the stock, they go to Getty Video, or or one of these, you know, like Storyful, and they grab some footage of the Ukrainian war, they're not checking it, and they then they just throw it up there. Or you'll see pictures of Zelensky in memes where he's sitting with soldiers. You know, you've seen the meme, I'm sure, of him at the Putin at the eight foot table, and then it's compared with uh, Zelensky eating with soldiers. Well, that's from a photo shoot in Donbass like months ago. 
Um, yeah. Now, does it does it make a difference? Does it matter? I don't know. But you should be aware that the repetition that you see or the footage that you see, you need to question. I mean, Vaughn, you're about to say something about the ghost of Kiev. Yeah, the ghost of Kiev is literally footage from a video game. Yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't make you gotta and the thing about it uh, how can you trust anything well you don't have to trust anything you just got to give it two days because yeah. we have we live in an open information society where there's fact checkers and message boards uh, all over the place the competition yep. that cnn now has from reddit is really important to fact checking <laughs> reddit right or yeah. cnn yep. so uh, give it a couple days before you share some things. It doesn't mean that you have to follow the Russian playbook of never believe anything you see from Western media. That's a that's too far. You're going too far there, Harry. Yeah, it's the yeah, just you know, it's the same FOMO that you have with uh, like any like active shooter things. Like before you comment or say anything, give it a few days. Let let that thing simmer. You know, let that thing rest up. You know, it's a. Uh, but yeah, these these news agencies hoovered up all the ad ad revenue from all like Christian was saying for years that they, they sucked up all the ad revenue, took it to the most expensive cities in the world on, on the coast. And so they've got all these lazy millennials. Well, I, I say lazy millennials because they're all in the city and they barely, they make six figures and they live in Chuho or crappy apart, crappy apartments on the coast where a lot of that work could happen in the, anywhere else in the world, but they they're sitting there and they waste all their money on that. stuff, so they don't have the money, the funds to go off and do that reporting because that costs money and they don't want to do that. They'd rather have some, stupid office in dc or some other awful place or in and hire in ineffectual like intellectuals that when they have these massive panels of 15 people of actual experts would could actually could give good detailed information but give them like what 30 seconds to speak in a round table and they just kind of like oh no you 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 so you're not really getting any good information out of there the Oh, yes, sorry. That's what I. That's my rant. The small little rant about this. Ace, like, Ace Undead here. comments. Everything should be taken with a grain of salt. It's partially why I have high blood pressure. <laughs> Which is funny. It's uh, the most dad joke I've ever. Heard. Jacob, I'm stealing that Ace. Jake, Jacob says propaganda doesn't even need to be good at delivering a message. The sheer sheer quantity of it is enough to muddy the waters. Uh, that is literally one of Putin's tactics with propaganda. Just flood the, flood the zone. Yep. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to make sense with itself. You could put out 17 pieces of propaganda that all completely disagree with each other. And that doesn't matter because all it's doing is confusing people. I'm seeing it happen. I'm hearing people say all the time, well, I don't even know what to believe anymore. Because you hear this over here and then this person says this and this person says this. Even if they're getting all their news from conservative sources, they're getting so much contradictory information. They don't know what to believe anymore. So they stop having anything to believe. Yeah. Uh, like, for, for instance, Ryan, hold on, Ryan, hold on, then I'm going to set you up. Uh, the the meme that you probably saw early on was uh, of, oh, look, here's why we're we're helping Ukraine, because there's biochemical lab labs in Ukraine. There are zero foreign bio bio labs funded by anybody in the world in Ukraine, especially not America. That was just complete russian propaganda to get you to piggyback off of covid uh but you did see reinhold as soon as some of the swift stuff went into place uh rt went out of business you see um you know when when the internet got shut off in certain parts one american carrier shut off service to russia you started to see um uh, the the twitter accounts you know that were created 
in February that are just pushing Russian propaganda and have uh, NFTs for their profile pictures, those started to really dry up. And um, th- so we kind of mocked this whole, you know, Russian 2016, the election and all the interference and everything else that they did. And to, the reality was that they have been doing that and they were doing it and they're still doing that. They have Russian bot farms over there. They have uh, the desire to convince Americans that we should be fighting against our country. We should be fighting against ourselves, trying to create a civil war, trying to create a race war, just kind of like um, Charlie Manson wanted to do. He just wanted to create a race war, right? So they're trying to do that with their propaganda and propaganda. Uh, really the, the insidious part about propaganda is when they, um, when they're using appeal to emotions and hyperbole and other fallacies and things like that in order to make it sound good. Cause when you're trying to change somebody's heart and minds, trying to use logic and reason is the harder way to go, but it's the, it's the tact that actually lasts longer. Once you succeed using emotive rhetoric, using, uh, uh, those types of fallacies to, to try to reach out to people and hit them in that emotive center that bypasses logic and you can get them to, to quickly be on your side, but it's, it's fleeting. It will eventually fall off once people realize they're being lied to. So that's the big problem with that. But yeah, we're seeing a lot of uh, disappearing of a lot of those bots. And that was, that was the thing I was always against the, the whole, you know, idea of Russia and, uh, breaking into the um, who broke into the DNC and got the mail and all that stuff. I was just like questioning a lot of that. And I couldn't figure out why they would do that or it was it somebody else until I realized what happened. And what happened was, is that they knew specifically who was doing this. And they said it, they had such certainty about it. I realized that the reason that they knew what was going on in those bot farm computers is because the CIA was already in there. We had already hacked them long before they had hacked us. So we, the CIA knew exactly what was going on. And that's why they were so confident with, with that. So um, yeah, once that money starts drying up, we see that we see uh, Italy just uh, took over, like took four yachts away from oligarchs that were on the list. Uh, So really cracking down on those sanctions. I don't know how well it's going to work, but they are trying to target and hit the people who are important to make those decisions and keep it off of the people in the street. But those people are going to have problems with Swift being gone. That's going to be an issue. With yeah. So we're going to talk a little bunch. bit more about the sanctions and the ratchet up to war here in a moment, but I want to give everybody one last chance to say their final piece on propaganda stuff. So uh, Reinhold, go ahead. Well, yeah, propaganda is just, like I said, it's, it's appeal to emotions more than anything. And you got to be careful of it. When people start, when you see people starting to make emotive arguments, um, that's when you got to get your, your flags up and say, Hey, wait a minute, you know, let's, let's think about that. Let's, let's really question what's going on here and what you're saying and why you're saying it. Um, and I see that in a lot of politics today. I see it. You see it everywhere in politics today. And, uh, just, I think people, there used to be an anti-propaganda league back in the, the mid, you know, early 1900s, 1930, something like that. And it kind of fizzled out because people started, actually making you know trying to 
be logical and, and be avoidance of propaganda. But we're hearing the same things that we heard when we were trying to go to Vietnam. You know, we got to stop the uh, the aggression of the commies, you know, that we got to stop it in its tracks. We have to go there and fight them there so we don't fight them here. You know, you're going to hear all of that stuff coming up in the next few weeks. Yes. Uh, Vaughn, go ahead. Final thoughts on propaganda. Well, I mean, just something to think about is if you're hearing something that fits that just fits so perfectly into your worldview, that's when you need to stop pull yourself back and start looking to see if that's actually true. Because if it perfectly fits your word for you, the chances are that that is propaganda that was literally written to do that so that it would pull you somewhere where you don't even realize you're going. Trisha? Yeah, um, kind of echoing what Dennis said. If, if it gives you a strong emotion, um, if you get angry at somebody you don't know and things like that, you are being manipulated by propaganda. And it's really easy to, especially when it comes to war, because, you know, people are dying and suffering and there's there are bad guys. And, you know, we, we fear what will happen to our world and our children. But if it makes you so angry that you want people somewhere that you don't know to die or, you know, to send people over to somewhere you probably didn't know existed. Um, a couple weeks ago, either you're playing, your emotions are being played with and you have to be really guarded and protect yourself. I mean, I, I've done, I've been guilty of that myself, you know, when it comes to images of war and things like that, but have a cooler head and, and let cooler heads prevail. Harry. All right, uh, so it's not a, it's not a Chris Bagel show, as I mentioned, China. Uh, so just like um, <laughs> as you see a lot of the like the uh, the like the the, the Wilos, like out there for like uh, for China, you see the same things are happening. The same propaganda playbook out there going in Russia, where you see you'll if you uh, Lawal eighty six did a great like clip video of people in quote unquote Russia, like hey, I'm a Brit in Russia, I'm in a U.S. American expat in Russia. This is how awesome it is. This is while Putin's a greater better than what's going on. On, you know, out there in the West, there's tons of these different videos that to help sow, sow like seeds of deceit, even even back here. So, and it's the exact same playbook that like that China has done for years from like you know inside there. So it's yeah, be careful. Uh, I, I I watched the EU Parliament. I woke up. I just haven't been able to sleep well because of all the stuff that's going on over the last week. And I was up at like four and watching the EU Parliament, and it was uh, it, it rang like pre-Iraq it it rang you know like the footage you see from politicians pre-Kuwait uh so you know I think it's it's very clear that in one to two weeks we're gonna have a team red and we're gonna have a team blue and they're all gonna want to recruit you to their side and the point of principles is that when that pull is taking place and emotions are tugging at your heart you have a mental bulwark to hold on to and it is okay to have conversations to work that stuff out uh, because these are complex issues and to say I want no war at all costs is uh, you know that's a principle right and then you have all the facts and images and figures that tug at that but what about the kids and the orphanages that are being what about the bombs that are hitting you what about the suffering that I see like these are all perfectly valid it's okay to have feelings about all of it but I think it's incredibly important for people to get in touch with their principles to work out what they believe first. So when the streams heading in these divergent paths start tugging at you, you are very clear about what you believe and what you think is the right thing to do. 
Um, because war propaganda, if you think uh, COVID and all the stuff that we've lived through the last year, two years, nothing compared to the lead up to Iraq. So it's really important for you to get in touch with what you think and what you believe and where you where you think things are headed and stay informed and read from all these different sides um, because it you're constantly being asked by every piece of information to do something. To ha- it, it, whether it's your attention or a laugh or f- join a cause, uh, you just have to be aware of that. And it is exhausting, but that is the privilege that you have of living in a free country. That is the privilege that we have, the ability to look at, you know, I saw on LewRockwell.com a video that was just the most blatant Russian propaganda video that I've ever seen. But there are some facts and figures in there that I went, I was like, let me go check that out. I haven't heard about that. And and that makes you rethink your foreign policy. It doesn't change the fact that, like, oh, I'm mad at NATO, so I'm going to invade a non-NATO country. Okay. (laughs) I'm going to fight NATO by not fighting NATO and killing people in children's hospitals. Um, But... The point being is that you have access to that information and you should have access to that information and good on Elon Musk for saying he's not going to block Russian information. We need to understand our Russian friends. We need to understand our Russian enemies. We need to understand Russian propagandists as much as we see and understand propagandists here in our own country. uh, You know, we have the what, what I'm trying to say is that when Russia builds its Berlin wall and starts to insulate itself. Those people no longer have the privilege of hearing our point of view or seeing what we see or talking to us and seeing the humanity in, in each other. Uh, and it's a much worse position to be in than we're in. And so, you know, never, never forget that you were lucky to live in a free ish country. So, uh, we got to fight for that. We got to fight for that principle of open information at every single opportunity that we have. Thanks for listening to the Chris Spangle show. We really appreciate it. Thanks to Reinhold and Harry and Trisha and Vaughn for being on the program. If you got something out of it, then please share with your friends. That's the only way that we're going to grow. And please join the Patreon 10 for 10 celebrate our 10th anniversary by helping us grow and improve. Thanks again. And we'll see you again next week.